You're listening to Two Sons of Tatooine. If there's a bright center to the universe, you're listening to the podcast that it's farthest from. And here are your hosts, Jonathan and Nathan. Hello and welcome to another episode of Two Sons of Tatooine. I am one of our hosts, that'd be Nathan, aka MB Bro, and I am joined by my good friend, the co-host of this podcast, Jonathan Cohn. Good to see you, buddy. Um, we're going to talk about just highlights, the best parts of Star Wars in 2023, right? Mm-hmm. This is kind of your idea, and um, might preview a little bit of what we're going to look forward to in 2024, but what kind of made you want to talk about this today? Is there anything in particular you just reminiscing about this year and everything we've well, had? Uh, part of this was the booktuber in me because December is the get your get your year end videos out. So talk about all the books you read, talk about your favorites, your least favorites, talk about the series you finished, all that stuff. So it's just that's naturally the mindset I'm in. So I was like, hey, it's December. Let's talk about uh, Star Wars we experienced in 2023. I don't think we have anything else left on the calendar. At least nothing else I'm gonna nothing else I'm gonna experience for Star Wars. Uh, the final book that I was gonna read this year came out already last month. So I was like, hey, let's go ahead and um, uh, talk about it. And I'm, I, have some, I have some pretty high highs, and I have, a pretty f- I have a few lows for the year to talk about as well, if we, if we, if we get into that a little bit. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to talk about the best of the year. Yeah, I think the, the overall take at the year gives you a chance to look at, oh, that actually came out this year. And, yep. mm-hmm. you know, what did come out, what didn't, what was, what was the year before, things like Andor, that was last year, mm-hmm. um, previous year. But when it came to this year, there were some big highlights. Yep. Obviously, you're going to have tons of books to talk about. But um, <clears throat> I'm going to be talking about mainly the TV and the video game stuff. Mm-hmm. So do you have any place you wanted to start with? Just... Stuff that was your absolute, or do you want to start with, like, what is your absolute, what was the best Star Wars episode or moment, even, if you wanted to, of the whole year? Well, for me personally, it has to be seeing Thrawn on screen. I mean, that was just, (laughs) that was, that, that was incredible. Um, One of the favorite moments. And I'm really sad that I was sick when you and uh, Trent recorded your episode talking about that moment that Thrawn arrives, because that was just, just incredible. Um, so I'd, I'd say that uh, in terms of a single moment, um, there is a moment in one of the higher public books where there's this barrier, and the barrier is keeping, like, they can, the, the bad guys can get out through the barrier, but the good guys can't get in through the barrier, and then all of a sudden, the barrier starts moving. It, it's in space, so it's a space barrier, the barrier starts moving and it's slowly capturing more planets. And so all of a sudden it's like people are trapped behind the barrier that weren't before. And it's just freaky. And it's like, Oh my, this, the threat is literally getting bigger. That moment was very well realized. That was in the most recent book that came out, the eye of darkness. That was really good. Um, and so Hmm. that as a single moment was what was excellent. And then I also reminds me a little bit of uh, Loki. Yes. The, uh, yes. Smish I could, cube. I, oh my gosh. I, I, I can. I could see that. Um, I also <laughs> thought that the um, uh, the in the, in the Bad Batch seeing Palpatine <clears throat> again 
was just mm-hmm. was just chilling. And so those I'd say yes. if we're just talking about a single moment, just a single moment, those were the best moments of uh, the year for me. Okay. In addition to those two, I'd have to put. You have to see the the reunite of Ezra and Sabine yes. was also a really really high point. That was really well. That done. That was a really good moment. Um, and I, I think, um, in terms of just quality, there is one episode of the Bad Batch this year that just stands above all the rest of the Bad Batch. I know Batch exactly what you're talking above, about. Above like every other episode of the Bad Batch and stands alone. Like in terms of animation, yeah. it's up there with the best Clone Wars episodes. It has to be on the list. Like number one or two for the best all-time yes. animated episodes. Absolutely. And there's no Jedi in it. Yep. And it's a crosshair episode called The Outpost. Oh, that's not the one I thought you were going to talk about. What did you think I was going to say? Uh, <clears throat> I thought you were going to talk about The Solitary Clone. The Solitary Clone is good. That makes my episode too. Or that makes my list. But <clears throat> I thought that this episode, The Outpost. Yeah, that one was a good episode. It is so, so dark. It's just a perfectly written and executed episode. It's just, if you go back and watch that one episode, you will come out going, man, the Empire is corrupt and terrible, and I hate them so much. Yeah. And look at how badly they treated these clones, and look at everything that he, this one clone went through, and the development that it does. It's so dark, so dark. But it's, I think that's the best episode of the series. Um, the Solitary Clone is also on my list. We can talk about that since you brought it up. This just imagine like oh my gosh that scene picture it in your head where Cody is in front of the Order 66 monument yep. with Crosshair discussing like oh did should we have followed orders right um i guess the jedi were well the jedi were traitors well i guess <clears throat> you know and you can just see in Cody's mind these things cuz they have two conversations in front of that monument like end of the episode but first there's one at the beginning and at the end, it's kind of just like all these doubts come into play that you've seen. Oh, my gosh. And this connection we have to Coda is, is obviously stronger than the rest, so it pays off. Mm-hmm. Um, the development with, I think, Crosshair to get to that moment, it makes that whole episode one of the top two or three of the whole season. I think, I think it's, it's fair to say that's top two or three of the season. Oh, yeah. Definitely nine or, nine, nine or higher in the, in the rankings. Um, but I think The Outpost is the best episode. <clears throat> not a Jedi episode, nothing like that. It's, it's, it's barely Star Wars. It's just fantastic. It's perfectly written. Yes. It's perfect. It's well done. So. It was perfect. I thought... What, what does that mean? <laughs> the, 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 boys, <laughs> the boys mean it was perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Down to the last perfect. minute last. detail. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, yeah. I have never watched The Boys. I just know that meme because it's used all the time <clears throat> in YouTube and Twitter. I... It's it's not for me. <laughs> I, I try and watch a little bit, but it's it's not really my my style. Mean. I'm way more into like where the heroes are good. Yes, me uh, too. <clears throat> me too. So that like everybody's talking about today, GTA Six, the trailer. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! I don't care for GTA because I don't like to play as the bad guy. I don't want to play as a criminal dealer of illegal things who you know. You know, goes around and kills people. Uh, and I, now, I do like the old West style, like Red Dead Redemption, which Rockstar also made. But it just feels different. You feel like you're a good guy in Red Dead. 
GTA, you know you're a bad guy and you're just breaking the law. You know what I'm saying? So I don't like being okay, a bad guy. Okay, Elon. I can't do dark side even like during KOTOR. I can barely play the dark side. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's like, dang, I was mean. Oh, well, it was funny when HK was all like, yes, got the meat bag faster. Yes. <laughs> right. But Very it's, efficient. It's especially funny when you aren't actually doing it. When it's like, he's like, yeah, let's kill them. And you're like, no, HK. No. no. <laughs> uh, but you can be like, okay, you're a little bit overeager, but I'll allow it. It is funny that you, you say that because that's the same thing that uh, Elon was saying is he doesn't like to play as the villains, which I agree. But... You know, if Elon I were, was saying that, yeah, Elon was saying I never liked G- GTA because you play as the val- bad really? guys. Really, I had um, no idea. You do, you do, uh, you do crime and stuff, um, and people were memeing him and being like, "Yeah, imagine playing a game called Grand Theft Auto and you're uh, doing crime." What? Anyway, but um, <laughs> you know, I kind of have that view with the the Darth Bane trilogy. In, in, the, in the Legends line, where it's just, I just don't like reading that much darkness and evil and, and bad guy stuff and, and having him be the main character, the main protagonist, or, or rather, he's, 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 he's the main character, but he's, he's the evil, evil dude. And so, like, to me, I just don't like that. But that is, like, one of the most revered Star Wars books is the Darth Bane trilogy. The closer it is so. to reality, the harder it is. That's also to true. That's, that's, a, that's a good point. Um, that, that is a very good point. Um, and does the character ever have a redemption story? No. Because if they do, every bit of that payoff is worth it. Like Ventress, for example. All that stuff, it's not true redemption, but like she always bounces kind of back a little bit towards the light right yeah. when you think she's gone full dark. And, of course, in Dark Disciple, yep. with all that stuff, you know, um, with uh, what's-his-face? Um, Quinlan Voss. <clears throat> Quinlan Voss, Quinlan was here. Uh, that stuff, that's basically they almost flip her to the to the good side entirely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm just imagining. I would, I would imagine just if say, she hadn't died. If spoilers for that book, <laughs> that book's like almost a decade old. So now, sad. So, so there's nothing. Yeah. Um, uh, imagine if she had survived. Like how the story would have been different because I think she and Quinlan would have gone on, had a more happy life outside the Jedi. They would have maybe had a bunch of Force-sensitive kids in the family, and maybe they would have like created like this weird balance of light and dark together. Like, I, I, mm. There's, mm, there's some there's some interesting what if possibilities there. Yeah, um, but they back keep, to basically keep uh, the sunscreen business within the Star Wars universe. <laughs> <laughs> any kids of any kids of of Asajj Ventress? No, I'm kidding. Uh, Quinlan's well, got a really good tan. Yeah, so exactly. It'll, it'll even pretty, out. Pretty in the middle. <laughs> That'd be in the middle. Yeah. Yep. yep, yep, um, yep, yep. Um, uh, talk about some books. What? Uh, so, like, yeah. go to, go to some like absolute highlights and tell me and like get me hooked to, um, on some on some books that you have had this year to release. All right. Well, um, one thing that is a little bit frustrating about this year uh, is that it's hard <clears> to talk <throat> variety because to me. The, I, I, I'm going to lump the higher public just all together because they all kind of blend together. So the higher public, mm. we had the majority of Phase 2 at the beginning of the year. We had the Battle of Jeddah, which was a uh, uh, script. Uh, it, was a, uh, it was like an audio drama, but you could also read the script. It was fantastic. It was amazing. You had um, uh, Cataclysm, which was this epic thing ending this, the... Um, uh, ending the, the phase 
uh, and setting up the future of the High Republic. And you had basically a book, Path of Deceit, which was an epilogue from the villain's perspective. Also a book that didn't completely jive with me, even though I say it's a good book, it just didn't jive with me because I don't like following the villains all the time. And then you had um, the most recent book, which is the best of the High Republic in the last couple years, is The Eye of Darkness, which, uh, look at that cover. I mean, that's a, that's a great cover there. Ooh. Um, uh, Ooh. It's got, it's got Martian, Martian Rowe with one of the Jedi lightsabers that he captured sitting on his throne. I know my, uh, my protector is... Oh, you call uh, him Martian? Martian, Markian, whatever. He has Martian they, is too, like, real world, so I've, uh, you know... Okay, so Martian. actually, there was a but. crossing of wires at the beginning. The authors pronounce it Markian, but <clears throat> when they gave Mark Thompson the audiobook... Uh, they didn't tell him the right pronunciation, so he said Martian, and so that's why there's a uh, confusion on the naming convention. So, anyway. Um, did he change it eventually? I don't know. I haven't listened to the, the recent ones, but my point is that... Um, so, uh, what's, the, what's the right one? The one that the authors use is Markian, but I use Martian. Markian. Oh, yeah, okay. I use Martian because... Well, yeah. Uh, that's what like that's what we were tolling ta it for forever, so it's kind of in my brain. But anyway, um, it's it, it, he's really cool. He's you know how in Infinity War, um, uh, it's told from Thanos's perspective really, and he's the main character, but you're still seeing things from the hero's perspective. Like he's the main yeah. he's the main character, but you're seeing things from the hero's perspective. That's this book. He does something that's like horribly bad, horribly bad. And I kind of alluded to it um, earlier. And uh, the Jedi are all reacting in their own ways because several main characters die. And uh, uh, it's told from their perspectives, but it all revolves around Mar Markeon as the main character. So this one was good. The best book of the year was not in the higher public. The best book of the year was hmm. Inquisitor Rise of the Red Blade by Delilah Dawson. This was a um, uh, this was actually my most anticipated book this year to read, and it ended up being one of the best books I read this year. It is you, it starts in um, Attack of the Clones in the middle of the Battle of Geonosis, and you follow this pa Padawan who is working on something with her master when the battle happens, and then you follow them through the um, follow her through the the Clone Wars as she's a young Jedi and starting to go on assignments and stuff. And then you follow her in Order 66, which she survives. And then you see her get brought into the Inquisitorious and becoming an Inquisitor. And that's the end of the book. And it is a, hmm. it is a tremendous Star Wars book. It feels like classic Star Wars prequel trilogy storytelling. Um, uh, if you're a prequel fan, particularly, I would say, like Clone Wars and Revenge of the Sith, this will work really well because you'll catch all these tie-ins. And thematically, you follow kind of the fall of her to the dark side and then her rise as a dark side figure so the book is i think really quite uh excellent it's the best book they turned in this year um but i do have a worst mm. book of the year that was a easy oh boy. easy easy winner and that goes to jedi <clears throat> battle scars by sam mags so i they, hate talking about what, what was so bad about it several things first of all the plot in this book is so <laughs> thin so thin she 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 should have a whole novel's worth of plot and instead this should, could have been a short story or a novella 
Um, it's already a pretty short novel anyway. It's only about 270 pages, which is pretty short for a Star Wars novel. But the plot is so thin. Secondly, I don't think she gets the characters right. Um, uh, and I haven't even oh. played the game, but this is just yeah. from my understanding of talking to people online. Secondly, this is a Jedi Survivor book. The main character, especially not only based off of it being Je- from Jedi Survivor, but also based off of the marketing of the book, the main character should be probably Cal Kestis. He's mm-hmm. very he's he's in the whole book, but in a minor role throughout. The main character is Marin, and I do not think that she's written well in the book. The other problem with the book is that they give Marin another <clears throat> love interest. Hmm? And that other love interest is not Cal. And so obviously the fans aren't wanting they, that. The fans yeah, want well, I mean, the, they, the Cal stuff. They're pretty much a couple now in Jedi Survivor. This is a prequel to, to Jedi Survivor. So okay, it's, so it's, this is before takes that. Takes place before the game, but, but even with just Jedi Fallen it Order, it would be weird for them to have for there to be another relationship with somebody else between Fallen Order and Survivor. Yes, that's what we're <clears> saying. That would seem very forced and out of nowhere. That's that's what I'm saying. That's what that's what me and a lot okay. of other people are saying. It is it is very very <clears> forced, especially with um, the type of relationship that is, and oh, okay. it it introduces things into Star Wars books that I don't want to read about that. That's just disgusting. Um, you can fill in the <clears> blank <throat> on what we read in the book. Uh, and uh, the, the, the Inquisitor is on the cover, the, the fifth brother. And so you'd think, mm. yeah, or what's seventh brother, whatever his, you know, the guy from Rebels and, and Kenobi. And you're like, yeah, he's going to be mm-hmm. in the book. He's only in like a couple chapters, if that, like mm. one or two chapters. Um, and... Uh, so, and the book doesn't get going until the third act, and then it just ends. And you're just like, oh, come on. And so, mm. like, in, in... Dang. Like, oh, I, we're talking so much about this horrible book. Okay, okay, <laughs> I'm just... I, and you know me, I don't like to talk about things I dislike, but I am not kidding when I say, for canon material, for canon <clears throat> material, this is the worst novel that they have produced in the canon. Oh my gosh! Like that is and that's, low, and that's out of almost fifty adult novels and like uh, fifteen YA books and some middle grade. So it is by far, by far. The I don't even worst. think it's a. I don't even think it's a competition. So oh anyway, my gosh! Sorry, sorry to take all that time, but I needed to vent about that one. <laughs> okay, so. Let's go back to shows and oh. movies. Or no, tell... Do, do, do some go good games. stuff. Go to some good games. Well, there was really only one Star Wars game <laughs> that released this year. Uh, besides, you know... Minecraft. I'm sure there might have been some mobile stuff. The Star Wars Minecraft I don't, expansion. I, I know there was. <laughs> I didn't do that. I'm not... I'm, I, all right. I've never played Minecraft. What? I, I don't care. I'm not a gamer and you I've played, played Minecraft. Minecraft. <laughs> I know, Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm not a gamer, but Compared, I play games. Comparatively. When it comes to... Uh, sure. <laughs> when, it comes to, when it comes to stuff like Star Wars, I do get the, all the main release titles. I don't get, like, like the offshoots. Right. Like, you know, anything that's an offshoot. I'll pl- if they release a new Battlefront, I'll get that. If they release a new yada yada right. main story, you know, if it's one of those kind of more side... I, I might or might not, but usually, usually I do. So, <clears throat> anyway, 
40th anniversary of Return of the Jedi was this year. Yes, it was. That was cool. Did you go to the theater to watch it? I did not. I kind of forgot about it, and then I was like, do I really want to go? And it's kind of like rereads for me. Unless it's like a movie I really want to see again, I'm like, I could just spend the money on seeing a new movie, or it's just, I could just stay home. And yeah. I like Return no, of the I, I, like Return I totally of the agree. I, I watched it, but yeah. I did not go to the theater. So, I, yeah, no, I, well, I, totally, I totally watched it. Well, like, I, but, like, I, I'm all for them re-releasing old movies, because there are certain ones I'd love to see again in the theater, but it's just of, of all the ones to see again in the theater, is Return of the Jedi that movie for me? I know it is for other people, but is that the movie for me? I, I, I'll, I'd say no. It's not. Well, the end, the final one third of that movie is basically the absolute best Star Wars you'll get. It's absolutely the best of all Star Wars. It's the best. That um, is the culmination it, of. It's the best climactic sequence because you have the um, <clears throat> the intercutting between yeah. the three battles. That is like, mm-hmm. like nobody's been able to recapture that properly yet. Yep, Anakin Vader. Luke, Palps, all that stuff, perfect. Um, Space battle. Maybe, maybe the Ewok stuff is not the best, but that's all I want to. That's all anybody can say against Return of the Jedi, besides Jedi rocks. <clears throat> anyway, but so, actually, but I would say really? that like it provides different style of action because it's lightsaber action yeah. in the the stop, and it's also the personal drama of Luke and Vader stuff. And then in on the forest moon of Endor, it's like m- not quite melee, but it's like short range, you know, human character to character fighting where you're like shooting guns. And then in space, it's spaceships, so it doesn't quite feel like you're getting the same um, uh, the same action together. And I would say the only I, I think there's only one um, sequence, climax sequence that comes close to getting this. And to me, that's Phantom Menace. I mean, the Phantom Menace came really close to being on the same level. The problem is that the um, the action stuff on Naboo with uh, Padme isn't mm. the strongest. Uh, I think it's weaker than the the Ewok stuff is weak, and so it drags it down a little bit. Yeah. But the but the of course the the lightsaber action with Duel of the Fates. There is a lot of you're right. The, space the way that they stuff. cut over. The way they cut back and forth. All of the, yeah, yes. I do agree with you there, and I noticed that when I was watching it. Um, absolutely. It's, it's comparable, but would you not say that, like, um, you have some of that same thing in Revenge of the Sith? Revenge uh, of the Sith is good, but it's, you're cutting back <clears throat> and forth between two lightsaber battles, both of which are some of the, yeah. if, the best lightsaber battles we've gotten, but they don't have that variety of it's not, action and it's only two right. battle sequences that you're intercutting not three um, and yeah. I would say you're really not in two different places yeah and while I yeah. think that I think that JJ was better at this than than Ryan was with the sequel trilogy um, even JJ isn't the strongest at the intercutting and I think the best intercutting was done <clears throat> by in Rogue One with the space battle sequence and the stuff on Scarif, but there's so many times where the scene just lingers a little too long or it takes too long for the stuff in the scene to happen 
that it feels like it's not as strongly cut. If he had edited it down a little bit, Rogue One's third act could be on the same level, I think, mm. or, or close to it. But because certain scenes are just too long uh, or, or, or just not cut properly, it, it doesn't have the same energy. But Rogue One comes close, uh, the closest of the, the, the Disney era stuff. It's interesting too. I think Rise of Skywalker has some of that it does. interplay that happens. It's obviously you get the fight, the lightsaber battle, and then you get the fight above Exegol with the horses on top of the starship. Yeah. Um, and some of the space battles with everybody showing up out of nowhere, but it does not have much tension. Yeah, it does. <clears throat> um, it has the cool moment where Palpatine fires lightning into the sky. Yes. And, you know. But there's not like that, certainly not the, oh my gosh, everybody's doomed moment. In Return of the Jedi, you're like, dude, they're all going to die. Luke's about to die. The rebel forces on the Endor are about to, they're, they're dead. Oh, the fleet in space, they're dead. Everybody's dead. We're about to lose. And then wait. Oh, one after the other, dom- the dominoes tumble, and it's, it's this great moment. Um, <clears throat> perfectly, perfectly done. Okay. So, 40th anniversary. You, d- you did want me to talk about Survivor. Yeah. The things about Jedi Survivor that were great this year, it was a whole lot more unique of a story. It didn't try and retread prequels, sequels, even a relig- original trilogy. It just felt like Star Wars knew, yeah. and it felt like it wasn't tipping on anybody's toes. <clears throat> if anything, it, it dealt with High Republic stuff, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so it was just fresh. Fresh open world, really fun combat. I haven't been able to go back and replay the full thing, but I plan to. I really, really good, great game. From what I've heard, <clears throat> if we had gotten that, if we had gotten that as a novelization, like a, just a novelization of what the game happens, like they do with The Force Unleashed, mm-hmm. I think that would have been a much yeah. better book, would have enticed fans more, things like that, would have excited people more. Instead, they went the prequel route. What they wanted to do, and I, I can see if I'm, I, if, if I, I, uh, I know the editor, um, Tom, at, at Del Rey. I can ex- see what Tom was thinking with this book. He was thinking he was going to make the book like Battlefront 2 Inferno Squad. He was like, we're going to make it a prequel oh, book. Oh, yeah, yeah, we're yeah. We're going to yeah, connect yeah. in the characters. That. We're going to uh, uh, tell a fun story. We're going to hype up people for the, <clears throat> the video game. And the people who uh, play the video game will get a new story. And so they'll ju- read the book because it's something new. Like, I can see that's <clears throat> what the, the logic was. And it's not bad logic. The problem is that I think that Christy Golden is a much stronger writer than Sam Maggs is. And... Christy Golden knows how what Star Wars fans generally think. And so sh- when she writes a book, it's something that generally everyone's going to love. Sam Maggs knows what a very specific subset of fans likes. But she doesn't know what general fans like, and so that's why the book doesn't work as well. But, I, man, I'm, I'm really interested in the Jedi Survivor story, so I'm like, I don't have a game system. But I need to, to watch clips online. Well, you should, you should come over and play some over the Christmas break. Good, good answer. It's up there, Steve. It's, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're welcome to, or just come over and watch me do some story stuff, and we can, yeah, yeah, we can take you through parts of it. Absolutely. Um, all right. Like episodes of television. Let's go back to those. So, do you want to do like a stuff that of came our out? 
<clears throat> like maybe do a top five or top ten? I don't, I don't have a ranking in mind, but okay. I can tell you... I can try and rank. I can try. I'll have to think about it because I didn't rank mine. Did you do rank you yours? Me, yeah, do you want me to go first while you formulate your, 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 your thoughts? Yeah, yeah, and I'll, and I'll do it right now. All right, so <clears throat> I'll take a second. I, I talked about my top five episodes. These are the episodes that I think are truly amazing. The rest of the episodes we got this year are great. And so, so I should say some of them are great, some of them not so great. But um, I think that there are five that, like, stand up as quality, like, rewatchable, great episodes of Star Wars um, television. <clears throat> So I'm going to start with my number five. My number five is The Mandalorian Season 3 episode, The Spies. It's the only Mandalorian episode I include because I don't think any of the other ones reach that level. This is the, 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 the Mandalorian episode that is the penultimate episode. Hey, you there? Go ahead. Lost you for a second, but go ahead. You're back now. Of season three, uh, and it uh, it tells the, uh, the 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 story of them getting all together and then going off planet and then going and finally going to retake Mandalore. I think that visually yeah. it was an incredible episode. You're right. I think that, that was the only wise, good, like, really good episode. And it could have, I could have ranked it higher, but I, it drags down because it's not properly paid off in the finale, I think. Um, uh, but I still think it is a, like, like, still really good episode. It's the best episode of the season. So that's why I have that at number five. My number four is Ahsoka, Shadow Warrior. This is the big Hayden Christensen returning as Anakin episode. This was the only one they released in select theaters, which they should have released it in all wide theaters. I think they would have made a ton of money, but that's just me thinking. Uh, that was the uh, bringing him back. The first half of the episode, I think, is really entertaining with... Um, uh, you know, with, with Ahsoka going through the world between worlds and all that stuff, and the action I think is really good. But for me, my favorite part of the episode is the ending where Ahsoka goes to the space whales and communicates with them, and she smiles for the first time in the series, really. Like, like not just a smirk, a full-on smile. And her optimism is back, and the space whales go on the journey, and they go past the ships, and that, that was just a, a terrific... Um, episode in my opinion my number three is the solitary clone um uh this this episode was just the the writing mm. was great but for me it felt like the perfect balance of visual storytelling because i loved the visuals in this episode because mm -hmm. that's the one where they had to kind of go up the um the hill with the the droid tanks and then they had to um, uh, go into the city, work through their way through the city, go into the 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 the, the, the main building, and and get the uh, the deserter, and uh, like this the, this the 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 visuals I thought were you know some of the best that they did, and it's not even like huge, it's just really detailed that I thought was really good, and then of course the story, the stuff with as you talked earlier, him looking at the wall, all that stuff. My number two 
uh, is the clone conspiracy and tied with truth and consequences. It's two episodes. I'm lumping them together because they're basically one 45-minute episode because it's, you know, a, a two-parter. You know you know why I'm doing this. It's the, it's the Coruscant episode. And this mm-hmm. was so entertaining. You know, the Clone Wars fan in me loved it because I love the Clone Wars and, 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 and <clears throat> Coruscant and the Senate and the discussions in the Senate. And I also love Senator Chuchi, who's great. And I love seeing uh, the, the fallout of the clones uh, uh, and, and who, who supports the clones after the Clone Wars, like in the Senate. Like, how does the Senate deal with clone stuff? I thought that was a gen- genius thought. And then, of course, the way they set up Palpatine as he, he's mm. like not shown up at all. And then all of a sudden he shows up for like the first time in a while. I and know, it's like shocking. Yeah. And that so like that whole episode is just great, great stuff. And then the my number one episode is uh, the Thrawn episode, Far, Far yep. Away. First mm-hmm. of all, it was just, <clears throat> at, in, in every aspect, entertaining. The, the cold open was entertaining. Getting to the planet Peridia was entertaining. Being there um, uh, with uh, uh, the, the Night Sisters was entertaining. Seeing Thrawn's ship come in was just, I mean, I don't think any moment has made us go, oh, mm. as much mm-hmm. this year. And then uh, seeing the Thrawn, of course, uh, so all that stuff. And that, 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 that was the episode that induced the most excitement out of me. So that is my, <clears throat> that is my ranking of just my top five. best of 2023. Go, yep. Okay. I'll quickly say Mandalorian the Spies is number five. Shadow Warrior, the Anakin Ahsoka episode, number four. Bad Batch Solitary Clone, number three. Clone Conspiracy, Truth and Consequences, two. And then Far, Far Away is one. All right. What's yours? Okay. Um, <clears throat> we will agree on some things. And <laughs> I feel like there needs to be some honorable mentions first. Yes, so, because there's so many other good Ahsoka, ones. Ahsoka, episode four, Fallen Jedi. The first yes. Balin versus Ahsoka battle. Mm-hmm. So good. Great. The battle in the yep. trees. So, so, so good. That hyperspace jump at the end. <clears throat> with the waves and yes. the way that they, you know, that the motor came to life. So good. Um, uh, the Badge Batch finale, Plan 99, text, yep, death. When have we ever followed orders? His final final line. Yep. Crosshair, unconscious, Omega, captured. <clears throat> like, the season ending right there, it was a big ending. Good, good Can I episode. interrupt for a quick second? I have been thinking about this, and I did not like the choice to make Tech the one that died at the episode because I felt like he hadn't had enough of a character journey. I felt like Hunter had a better character journey, and I thought, um, yeah. uh, it all, even though Echo's my favorite of the Bad Batch, I thought Echo made more sense logically. But now that I've thought about it, I think Tech was the right choice because there is still a lot they could do with Echo, and Tech had the least personality, I think, other than Echo. But I think there's much more they could do with Echo um, yeah. in the series. And he also I'm has really this kind sad. of anchor. I like I'm, Tech I'm sad, lot. too. But I, it's kind of like when, when they in the New Jedi Order series, they kill off Chewbacca. And you were like, why would you kill off Chewbacca? It was like, he made the most sense. He will cause a reaction from everybody. But um, uh, if you kill someone else off, it's Chewbacca's not going to react that much because it's Chewbacca. He can't, <clears throat> can't write dialogue for him. 
there was there were logical reasons why he had to be the one. I think that that's the same with Tech. So I now am more okay with it. So anyway, sorry, sorry mm. to hijack yours. Yeah, I'm trying to think. In Mandalorian season three, which we got kind of at the beginning of the year, were there any really really good moments besides like the Shadow Council? Um, like I enjoyed when it came to the the like the um, where Bo-Katan had to basically regain her people's loyalty. That was good, yeah. the setup. Um, I enjoyed the episode where they had to go and basically rescue um, the son of, uh, not the armorer, but the second dude. So, um, Saxon, uh, I can't yeah. remember his name. Yeah, yeah, I remember. He, I remember, he, he, ended, uh, up, he ended up dying, but um, <clears throat> later in the season. Vizsla. Uh, pause Vizsla. Pause Vizsla. Or, That's or as we is. call him now, post Vizsla. Because <laughs> yeah. he's dead. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Mando season three, just not much on that. That was highlight. That was, that was good. Um, okay. Other, another, I, I would say the solitary clone doesn't make my list, but it's honorable mention. It deserves so close. it. It's like number six. <laughs> <clears throat> um, yes. I put uh, Truth and Consequences as number five. Loved the, just going back to Coruscant, the seriousness, the politics. I enjoyed that stuff too. Um, episode, uh, f- let's do episode four of Ahsoka Fallen Jedi at number four spot. Let's do Far, Far Away. That'd be your favorite. I put that as the yeah. three spot. Really, really good. Um, the Outpost, the episode of Bad Batch that I love mm-hmm. so much. That's my second best. Number two. Number one is going to be Dave Filoni episode that he directed. Episode five of Ahsoka, Shadow Warrior. We get Hayden back, uh, Anakin, all the flashback stuff. Oh, my gosh. Cat, he just unplugged my computer screens. They went blank. I I can't see anything. I can still hear you, so I can keep talking, but... Yes. Yeah, that... um... I can see why why you would put it as as your number one. It is it is a but solid I, episode. There's there's a reason. Like they knew what they had on their hands with that episode. Um, yeah. They just didn't know what to do with it in the marketing. But they knew what they had on their hands because they knew it was it was epic. It it was. Um, and honestly, both of us, when 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 that came out, we thought, man, this is so much fan service. Is it okay yes. to have so much? Does it detract from the quality of the writing of the episode? No. For us. Maybe for a, for a critic. For a Star Wars fan, no. Yeah. And for, and like, even a, for a critic casuals. far, far away, they maybe like, maybe they like that better. But casuals, you think they like I Shadow I think casuals were okay with it. Like, for my parents, <clears throat> not animated fans, but they were like, hmm. Interesting. Like they, they enjoyed it. They thought it was. They didn't think it was too much fan service. They didn't get it was fan service. Um, uh, they liked all the, the moral questions posed in there, um, and thought it was visually interesting. So, mm. they were they were able to enjoy. It's not their favorite. If if I had to ask them their favorite of the season, I think they would say the the finale because I think they really enjoyed the Ahsoka finale. Really? Um, yeah. A lot of people didn't. Uh, I know a lot of people didn't, and I still think it's not it's it's not in the top half of the series, but I still well, think it was really good. Every Balin moment was amazing. 
Every yes. Shin Hadi moment was great. Um, all the Ezra stuff, I enjoyed a lot. The Sabine stuff was hit and miss, sometimes based off of the dialogue, just how simple it was. Mm-hmm. It wasn't yeah. any a script to, to make anybody go, wow, this is something. It wasn't that kind of script. But their moments and the characters were fine. Overall, Rosaria's portrayal, really, really good. Her visual stuff, like the scenes where she was the one doing <laughs> the actual lightsaber stuff, not as good. Yeah. When they had a stunt yeah. double, much, much better. Even when she or ran when she sometimes. Was just talking. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> when she ran sometimes looked a little, little bit weird, but I'm okay with it overall. Her portrayal was really good. And the number one moment in 2023 for all of Star Wars is, drumroll please, Dave Filoni being promoted to creative director. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, was a, um, that was a good move. Um, uh, it, it, it's interesting because I saw some people saying, that, oh, this is great. This is him on his way, like on his trajectory towards being the head of the company, which I think it is also true. I saw some people say this is actually <coughs> the cover. This is just cover for Kathleen because they don't intend to fire her um, or, or, or anything because hmm. uh, because and this is the this is their way of saying, OK, we're keeping her, but we're elevating him. So don't get too mad at us because he's now the creative head and she's more going to focus on the business stuff. Um, uh, so I, uh, I, I don't know which one is more true, whether this is them prepping him to take over or whether this is just to mollify people. Um, mm. Regardless, it's a good move, I think. Um, and I do think that he does, you know, like maybe there are people who are better suited for the job. I don't know them. And there are, I know there are EU fans that, that don't like Dave because they feel like he, he changed things in the EU and he, they don't like how he's not the biggest fan of the, the, the books all, all the time. But to mm-hmm. me, I'm like, generally, he just gets Star Wars, so it's logical to me that, that, that he would be the one. And he's, he's the, he also is the one that you know, George feels comfortable around. George maybe popped up at, a, at the red carpets for some of the movies. George also, um, uh, you know, went on set for Rogue One and Solo, but George is like <clears throat> on set frequently on Dave's projects. That is a, a wonderful point. And he is much yes. more likely to keep coming around and be involved yes. in whatever George, or sorry, whatever Dave is doing and whatever Dave approves yeah. of. Now that he'll, like the difference he described it is now, he doesn't just find out like after the fact. He finds out right. before things are process. even being done. And that's when it's still time for him to actually do something about it and, and, and have enough impact or in the creative, whatever, of it. So I think you're right about, about George's influence, and that's going to be a big thing as far as getting the fans and the narrative maybe shifted back towards a you know, hey, this is Star Wars again. Not, not like this, mm-hmm. not the phrase, this is Disney Star Wars, but this is Star Wars. Just this is plain Star Wars. Like, you know, like we want to get rid of this but is Disney wait. Star Wars and just be like, oh, this is good Star Wars. Like, this is Star Wars. Like, Which I would, I would argue this <clears throat> so much within Disney Star Wars that I would qu- qualify as good Star Wars. And there's also, conversely, so much time, so much Star Wars produced under <coughs> George's reign that I would say is bad. So, sure. Uh, so it's 
so so they're both very mixed overall positive for both but um i think that because so many people are so focused on the movies and tv that when something bad happens it like affects them hugely like oh my goodness it's terrible now but if you're the person <clears throat> reading the novels regularly playing the games involved in ancillary material you're like hey we're getting lots of good stuff so when you have something bad eh we can move on easier so i think um, yeah maybe maybe dave's role will change around but i think it's the right position for the narrative and the fans and hopefully yeah. we'll see the results of this in a couple of years but that leads us to the question of 2024 and i know you have yes. some things listed that is why a, don't you there is a there's a nice segue there good job why don't you talk about like the the books because we can both talk about the shows talk about yeah. the books that you're most in like in, eager to read about or hear about or that are that the things that you know are coming I know there's like a John Jackson Miller thing coming up, right? Is that yeah. your number the, one? The biggest we'll, we'll problem wait. with <clears throat> the um, the biggest problem with with talking about books for next year is we don't know them all. They don't announce the books until about four or five months before the book comes out. Some, mm. Sometimes six or seven months, um, but n- certainly not a year. Like we don't know what uh, quarter three or quarter four is in store for Star Wars books. Mm. So I really we really only know half the year's slate. And so because of that, we don't have a ton to talk about. What I do know is we have more higher public books, which this is I, – I, at, at this point in the higher public, there are certain authors I know I'm probably going to enjoy more and certain authors I know I'm going to enjoy less. For the next six months, it's not going to be my favorite authors writing books, so I'm mm. not the most excited about the next six months. But then in early 2025, my favorite authors are coming back. So mm. I'll be more excited then. But I'm st- I still might have enjoyable stuff. But that's why The Higher Public isn't at my, t- my top. But my top thing is, as, as you mentioned, John Jackson Miller, he's coming back to write um, uh, the, the Living Force. And he mentioned that you can, it, it kind of can be viewed as both an EU book and a canon book because it kind of fits into both. Um, he's very deft when he writes his books like that. And it's his first book in a decade. Uh, his last Star Wars book came out in 2014. Wow! And so it's a uh, and and he is known as being a even though he wrote the novel that was the first in the canon, he's known for being an EU novel. And so a lot of us are really excited because we felt that you know other than Zahn, they have basically abandoned the the EU writers um, when there's still several that are still writing today that could turn in good books. And I think this is a bit of a test on. Uh, the publisher's part, that if his book does well or better than the other ones they've been doing recently, they might shift the the style of books they're doing, uh, which, you know, I've enjoyed the books they're doing, but there's a certain shift I want to see happen. And so I'm hoping that his book does well purely so that it causes that shift. But that book, mm. it's, it's, it's about the entire Jedi Council. It's about all the council members basically have to go after Qui-Gon when he goes rogue. <laughs> Whoa. Okay, I mean, I'm interested. Yeah. So, so you got not only Yoda, but you got you know Yariel Poof, and you've got um, Mace Windu, and you've got Yaddle, and you've got um, uh, I think uh, maybe not Ethkoth, but like you you've got the whole council in the book. Hmm. So, it's gonna. uh, I'm excited for that one. Interesting. Go ahead. Yeah. Talk talk all about which. 
Oh yeah, that's all we know really. So, <clears throat> oh, you, are there any video games that we know releasing in twenty twenty four? I think uh, Atlas is coming. That one is maybe by the end of the year. I okay. I know that we've seen some trailer for it, but um, yeah. I I don't have the biggest like hype train for that yet. We'll mm-hmm. see. I know that the trailer they had looked looked interesting. But we'll we'll see we'll see, it's 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 not what people like we're talking about at first, and I'm gonna I'm just gonna say it. The fact that you have to play as a girl, as your main character, not like an option to change it, is going to turn off some people. That's it already has. <clears throat> so we'll see, we'll see. It could be good. Um, I. I know Eclipse is like four years away Wait, still, wow. so. Uh, eh. I wonder if we'll get an announcement about uh, a Jedi three, like we had Jedi Fallen Order, <clears throat> Jedi Survivor. We'll get the third if they'll announce that they're officially working on that. Um, yeah, because from what I heard, the sales were pretty good on the first two games. It would be interesting. I don't think it will be I think I think it'll be at least late 2025 maybe early 2026 for us yeah. to get the next Jedi uh Fallen Order Survivor series game so it'll be a while. Yeah. Um I think but you're right about Outlaws it will be it'll be released in 2024 and it's kind of the only big game that's going to be released all year. So I think I'll play it. I think everybody is relying on it to be good. It has to be really good, and maybe it will be. Ubisoft has, you know, they've they've got the they've got all of all of it's on them. Um, what else are I we excited this was for? The Ubisoft game. <clears throat> hmm? I forgot about that. I forgot that this was the Ubisoft game. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. It could be. It could be really good. But then again, so what's the what's the quote yeah. from uh, Star Lord? Uh, but maybe, but your plan sucks. So maybe like me do it, and it'll be really, really good. <laughs> okay, sorry. That's not that's, the quote. That's, I thought you that's were not even the okay. quote from Star Lord from Infinity War. He's like, "I like your plan, except that it sucks. So maybe let me do the plan. It'll be really, really good." Um, all right. So uh, shows so that we're television. Getting. We television have we have. So, so technically, we have four shows, but one of them is Tales of the Jedi, which. One, we don't know for sure that it'll come out. I think it's going to be early 2025. I think it's going to be Q1 2025. That's my guess. Okay. Um, but the other thing is that um, it's not really like a full season of television. It's like little vignettes. So, like, I'm not entirely counting that one. Um, so, what we have is three shows that we know are coming, or not know, but like pretty much guaranteed to come out in 2024. And then we have one show that was supposed to come out in 2024 and isn't. And everyone's finally figured it out. Today, like before there were rumors about it, and today one of the news cycle, one of those news places, like it was Star Wars Newsnet or somewhere else said, Andor's not going to release in 2024 for season Mm. two. And I was like, well, duh. Like, are are we just now realizing this? The show went on hiatus. Like the show was going to come out either summer or fall 2024 before the strikes. And then we had like four, what was, what was it? Uh, July, 
August, September, October. It had five months of strikes. Five months yeah. of strikes that set them back. Not including the time when in May, um, in May, you had the writer's strike when Tony Gilroy had to leave the set. I don't even know if anything's still usable without Tony Gilroy. Pres- I mean, maybe it was, but maybe it wasn't. I don't know. So they were set back by like five, six, seven months. So of course, of course, it's going to be delayed. So uh, if we're ex- not talking about Andor, we have three shows that we n- are pretty much guaranteed to come. We have Acolyte, Skeleton Crew, Bad Batch Season 3. I'm most excited for Acolyte because of, you know, it's, it's more Jedi and Sith storytelling. It's got um, a lot of actors I'm interested in. Um, uh, even some Game of Thrones actors I like. It's yeah. also got um, some High Republic tie-ins, which for me as a High Republic fan is going to be fun. And then also I just uh, think that it's the style of storytelling I think is going to be really interesting. My second is Bad Batch, or sorry, is, is Skeleton Crew. Oh, okay. Um, uh, but I, the problem is have... we need to know more. Yeah, we're getting that first. That's the first thing coming, but there's no trailer yet. So this is What's the what... deal? Why? I'm so confused. I'm so so. You know, if we go back a year, when they when when Luke in that Hugh Grant is the lead in that. No, 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 no. Oh, it's um, uh, um, Jude Law. Jude Law. That's what I meant. What are those British dudes? <laughs> no, Hugh Forgive Grant me. is an oompa, is a Oompa Loompa in Wonka, and I actually want to go see that. Now. I just got Jude Law and Hugh Grant. Yeah. Okay. Yes, Wonka's coming out at Christmas. That's the only. I'm movie actually that's... interested. No, wait. Aquaman 2 Aquaman and 2 Wonka. And Wonka. I'll go see yeah, both of them the, with you. We'll go see both yeah, of them. I'll yeah, I'll go see. Yeah, I'm excited. <clears throat> anyway, sorry, side tangent. Um, Skeleton Crew. So th- this is the timeline, as far as I understand it. When Skeleton Crew was announced in 2022, it was supposed to come out Christmas 2023. That was the original plan. Then pa- uh, Bob Iger was rehired. And Bob Iger made a couple of things. One is he said, we're going to kind of change things up and we're going to slow things down. And he said, we're not producing as much. And so that's the reason why we didn't get it in 2023 is he said, we're going <coughs> to have just two live action shows instead of three or four like we planned. He was slowing things down. But is it that meant they had done? To and they're literally 20. just it's waiting? Been, it's been done. Yeah, they're just waiting. Um, that's so, uh, weird. so that's why they, they shifted it back. And then they... They put in the um, the the copyright. When they put in the copyright, they copyrighted it for January 2024 because I think that was going to be the plan. It's been about three or four months since Ahsoka. That's, that's a good time to release it. Here's what I think happened. I think that they at Lucasfilm are so confident in it as a, as a, as a Christmas show. They think this is the show that families are going to watch over Christmas break. Like, they're like, it, I think they're thinking if this show comes out at Christmas, it's going to do gangbusters. But if it comes out at another time, it's not going to hit right. Because in Hollywood, it's all about hitting right. And so there's now talk that it's not going to come out till Christmas 2024 because they want it to be a Christmas release. So that means they delayed it basically more than a year. And it's done, not because there was a problem with it, just because they think it's going to hit right then. It, it, to me, I think that's kind of stupid. But that's the logic. So that's the timeline as far as I understand huh. it. I, I've, I kind of agree with you. It's stupid, but we will see. Um, are you as worried as I am about the Acolyte? Because I keep hearing stuff about the director and like some of the 
Um, apparently, like the messaging things that Disney has been getting in trouble with that they're now moving away from, especially with like, you know, some of the criticisms with other, like even the South Park stuff. Uh, right. Is that going to be a big part of Acolyte since it's already said and done at this point? Acolyte was planned under Chapek's <clears throat> leadership and before they started realizing what they had. So I'm a little bit nervous in that sense. Okay. They do have a full writing staff. Like they didn't just do like it's not like like John Favreau or Dave just writing every episode, that type of thing. It's not just Leslie Headland writing every episode. She's writing I think one episode and then she's co-writing another and that's it. She has a staff, a full staff doing it. Um so that helps I think a little bit. I think that there probably will be a little bit of messaging that will not appeal to people on our side of the political spectrum as much. Um, mm. But I still think it will be en- generally entertaining. I still think it'll be generally entertaining. Um, I think the visuals are gonna. What's gonna? The visuals and the world building is what's gonna save the series, um, probably. Uh, and also just the tone of getting back to that prequel type feeling. It's still set, you know, a hundred years before um, uh, Phantom Menace, but still getting that prequel era ish like like Jedi versus Sith is gonna help it help it out a lot I think um, and then she's Leslie Headland has made some comments that I don't think work great but I don't think they're quite irredeemable as opposed to say Rachel Zegler I think ira, Rachel Zegler has basically destroyed any chance of people enjoying Snow White yeah. people will not be able to watch even if the movie is incredible, people will not go watch it because she has made them think that, that she's stomping on the legacy of, of Snow White. I don't think that Leslie Headland's done that. I think that there's some people that were going to take anything she said and were going to be get angry, and she also chose some poor wording. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, so, so there's stuff to be concerned with, but at the same time... Yeah, it couldn't be you know, so... There were this, Bad. If the product is still out and, there, you haven't done irreversible damage yet. And and also, we had complete trust in Filoni and Favreau, and season three didn't deliver on what it should have for Amando. So you can like, really trust, trust someone. But we all had in the back of our heads, we knew things weren't going right, and it wasn't their like, <clears throat> it wasn't their plan. It was things that they were being forced into. We had the feeling, yeah, like, but not. Not that it wasn't <clears throat> that bad. Um, that was more boba, the where they were forced into stuff. Um, but uh, Boba Fett, the book of Boba Fett. Yeah, but, but um, the original plan, John has basically admitted, like Grogu was supposed to stay with Luke, and the, they yeah, were like, no, yeah, that's true. we had to bring him back, and that's true. But I that think messed things that, up. Um, it it did, but still, like I mean, my point is that you can still have creatives that you trust turn in a bad product and then sometimes you can have creatives that you don't um, quite trust as much and they can turn in a great product um, so I, I, I'm still willing to give this the benefit of the doubt especially since we still haven't seen a trailer for it all we have is the leaked celebration footage which is really grainy and not clear clean footage. I know I didn't even see it so I'm most excited for Bad Batch to be honest with the quality of like not every episode, but like there are when some hits, serious gems. There's like, there are four or five episodes in season two that are like, whoa, where did this come from? Like, this hits. 
this is deep and like yeah mm-hmm. so it has that potential I'm, I'm really really interested where it goes and yeah I would say I'm I'm pumped for all of them but if there was one I'm the most pumped for it'd be Bad Batch season 3 that just means I don't have as much high hopes for the other two I don't, I don't think Skeleton Crew will be as much for me and I don't I think Acolyte is yet to be decided so my I reserve the right to remain more excited for those later on Here's, here's, uh, I'll give you one reason, three words, why you should be, actually I can give you a couple, why you should be excited for Skeleton Crew. One, Bryce Dallas Howard is directing again. Okay, yeah. Well, Two, she is we have the, the showrunner for Skeleton Crew is the guy who made the Spider-Man movies, the Spider-Man Homecoming Sam trilogy. Home, no, 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 the, the new one, um, No Way Home. Oh. The guy who made No Way Home, uh, John Watts. He's the showrunner on Skeleton Crew. Okay. And I, I love No he, Way Home. So yes, No Way Home was great. So I think I, I'm excited about that. And um, oh, there was another director that I recognized on Skeleton Crew. I'll, 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 you talk about it for something else a second. I'll figure it out. Okay. Well, Andor... It, I did do a rewatch of this recently. I know that yeah. it's, you know, we talked we talked all about the first three episodes. If you haven't gone back over Christmas break, I recommend everybody just, if you need to, skim the first three episodes. Skim. Yep. Don't be afraid to pass fast forward. When you get to episode four and you don't have to wait a week, that storyline is so good. And then you get to the prison break arc, which is just amazing. And then all yes. the politics stuff at the end. Um, Andor is really, really good. And if you, if you can binge it and start in four, do it. It is, it is really, really good. I recommend. I'm planning to do a rewatch of, of Ahsoka, but I have a feeling I'm going to like kind of skim the first couple episodes until I get to episode four and be like, okay, here we go. Yep. <clears throat> here we go. On is going to be like, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. I agree. Um, and I probably want to go back oh, and oh, rewatch the, some sorry. Bad Batch season two. No, but go ahead. It's the, the other directors are Daniel Kwan and Daniel Scheinhart. They're also known as the Daniels. You won't recognize them necessarily from anything. And I even like the movie I'm going to talk about, but they are the reigning champions of the Oscars as they swept the category for best screenplay, best director, and best um, uh, picture with everything everywhere all at once. They swept the Oscars. And they're the two directors, and they're working on one of the episodes of um, Skeleton Crew. I didn't see that movie. Did you recommend it? I would not recommend the movie. You would not like the movie. But they are like... The, the point is that they are, like, highbrow. Like, the, they're directors that get um, the highbrow people involved. They'd be like, hmm, if they're doing a Star Wars movie or show, I might, yeah. I might give that a chance. Because, like, they're, they're highbrow. They're classy. It's Fraser Crane, everybody. <laughs> I need to go and watch, uh, watch some more of that, the, the new stuff, if you still yeah. have your subscription. <laughs> nope. It's gone. About that. Okay. It's gone. All right. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, y'all. Um, maybe we'll come back next week and talk about stuff with Trent because I've been wanting to, or yes. it possibly could be 
in the future just after we do a rewatch maybe a full just like ahsoka everything talk about retrospective yeah. we've been waiting to do that and i really want to get maybe we could um honestly we could we could bring in some of the other people um yeah some of your buddies like we haven't talked to wood in a while um <coughs> yeah jared um we could talk to him we could yeah it's been a, i like that dude um anyway yeah he's great Anyway, we'll we'll try and get some people. Let's do a retrospective of that soon, and um, yeah, we we really need some content f- to get us to uh, go. Go ahead. What do you got to say? I'm telling you, I'm uh, just uh, I do this off the podcast too, but I'm just gonna do it on the podcast too. The soundtrack episodes. I know yes. they're a pain to edit, but they're the best. They're no, the best let's, episodes. Let's, we've let's do a soundtrack episode before Christmas. Then we'll have time. Yay! Yes. Yay! It's on record to with it. doing it, everybody. It's on record with Greta Van Episode two, which is, is if everybody doesn't remember this, we recorded the whole thing and lost it. <laughs> it was like two hours, too. <laughs> and now we cannot find it. <laughs> well, it wasn't us. It was our guest who lost his. And we were just it was too okay. much um, that we didn't have. So we'll, we'll try it again. It's been enough time. We're over that. And we can, we can say all of our songs fresh. And then, and then we can get into. Let's see, I'm, I'm really episode two. We're just getting through episode two because then I have so much to talk about with episode three, with uh, episode seven, uh, with uh, um, uh, Rogue One. No, like, I love I so much the to episode talk about two soundtrack is amazing. Don't do, it don't is. you dare skip Great. over it. So, but yeah, I'm yeah. Anyway, anyway, so yes. All right, all right. Uh, cinema's out. Let's go. You can find us on Simplecast, iHeartRadio, Radio.com, Stitcher, iTunes, and um, other places. You can find our Facebook page, Two Sons of Tatooine. You can find my YouTube channel, Jonathan Cohn. And until next time, I'm Jonathan. And I'm Nathan. (laughs) And I'm Batman. And I'm Batman. And (laughs) Uh, and thank you for listening to another episode of Two Sons of Tatooine. Or apparently, Two Sons of Gotham.